Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Welcome in Access All Areas, episode 17, the podcast designed to go deep into the legacy of this band, get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and have a lot of fun. How are you, B? I'm good, thank you very much. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Pretty good response to our uh, Richard episode, and uh, I know you've been busily, uh, being a busy bee, uh, haven't you, through all the engagements? <laughs> I have. Like I... your namesake, Monica. <laughs> I have been busy. I talk to lots of people. Hello, everybody. It's really nice to actually speak to people off air as well. So, uh, gosh, yeah, I mean, ISO. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm around, so I can talk to people. <laughs> I'll see your ISO and raise you, uh, you know, four more ISOs given bloody Coffs Harbour. I'm trying to be an ISO in Coffs Harbour, 24 degrees. Uh, uh, But I haven't been at the bloody studio. What are you talking about? I'll tell you what else I've done this week. Really, really... For those who don't know, B had a little sniffle this week, so she's gone for a COVID test. Okay, so, um, you know, the reality is the world is all upside down. Whereas I do this podcast with 14 masks, masks on and uh, are navigating about 10 degrees of weather <laughs> and being a on a curfew that we have to be inside our homes at 8pm every night. Oh, shame. Pretty drastic. It's very drastic. It's a shame, isn't it? Sounds like a rant, doesn't it? It does. There you go. That's your rant of the day. That's your rant of the week, even. Um, there you go. Yeah, but I must admit... You give I, me an idea for the rant later. <laughs> I must admit, I've been going back through um, some of our um, podcasts. You know, we started this 17 weeks ago now, and we sound so much better. Well, I think we do. <laughs> we were quite... Yeah, we were very nervous at the beginning, so thank you. It's not you. for us to decide that. It's, oh. for, it's the listeners who decide well, that. Well, <laughs> I think I, I sounded quite nervous at the beginning. So thank you, everyone, for persevering with us especially Hayden and his rants. Anyway, mm. moving on. What have we got? Okay, my in excess week, you're going to ask me. I know you are. So did you see mm. that? How was your in excess week? It's fine, thank you. Did you see the video on the uh, young lad that was critiquing records he'd never heard before? And it was like a video of his facial expressions of listening to never tear us apart it's something that i saw the link to and went to open it but then i got distracted and haven't so please for us and myself and the listeners share with us uh, as much as you can i'm sure we'll post this on our site later but uh, yeah share with us yeah well he he just he was there he gets really into it because oh yeah i like this this is slow and then he gets into the he gets into the saxophone and he's really enjoying it what song never tear us apart Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something a bit different, something, something you know, we wouldn't have thought of doing. Um, yeah, it came to my inbox a few weeks ago, but I f- must admit, I don't know how I missed it. Busy. Busy bee. So, yeah. So, we'll so let me get this right. This this is a, a millennial discovering yeah. Never Tear Us Apart yes. for the first time, yes. and we get a sort of a live reaction to a it. Is that right? A live reaction. It's a good reaction. It's a very good reaction. So, yes, we'll pop that onto um, our Facebook page as well. Yeah, but going back to Richard. Has, ha, ha, 
hang on, just one thing I want to ask you. Has he has he now joined the campaign to get them in the Rock Hall of Fame after hearing that great song? Do you want me to tell him? Sign the signature. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, we we'll talk about that later. Surely he'd be inspired to do so. But uh, yeah, sorry, I digress. Go back to Richard. Tell us all right, about we're that. We're all over the place today, aren't we? Okay, Richard. Okay, so we've got part two coming up later. How exciting. But I really do feel we need to get him back on again because of his stories. How good were his stories? I think from last week, he he there was probably a lot of material and, and I think we we sort of covering, well, a lot last week and obviously in this week's episode, but I think there's a few interesting sort of uh, subtopics within topics that we mm. could sort of, you know, dive deep into, you know, uh, you know, we could probably focus on the X album recording and some specifics in the studio. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of stuff to unpack there, but um, I think the general feedback from a lot of people out there was like, wow. He was lucky. He was ex- he, what a what a not lucky as in, you know, uh, Tats Lotto, but really fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and have such an experience. And I think everybody was was joyfully envious, not nastily envious, um, but joyfully envious, uh, envious of what he was a part of. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying to him, lucky and cheeky. Yeah. Um, And we had a a tribute song on the way out. We did the new sensation uh, track, but we sort of spice it up a little bit with the sort of the 12-inch uh, Nix mix and uh, it was just interesting the amount of listeners out there who hadn't heard it and like, oh, well, that was a good version. I haven't heard that before or whatever. But look, it is accessible on a lot of the uh, sort of deluxe kick versions and um, I mean, you go onto YouTube and find it, but uh, it was it was good to be able to play that and it was good to have some listeners, you know, have fresh ears for that version, B. Yeah, great version. Yes, I can just see you dancing away in the nightclubs to that, Hayden. Very cool. <laughs> Nice one. Uh, And we've got another little song today that might come up in our uh, part two interview with uh, Richard that uh, will be a bit of a tribute song today with a bit of a twist on it as well. You know, I like to keep things uh, on edge and a little bit of an angle. So really looking forward on our our rap segment today to to share uh, another uh, deep dive track that Richard loves and uh, with a bit of a twist on it as well. So we'll we'll, uh, say to listeners, hang in with this episode and we'll share that with you as we close off today. I guess before we go into news, tell us about the patrons and some of the new patrons, uh, B, because I think, thankfully, we've had some new additions since last week, which we're very grateful for. Yes, we've had a few, um, but I can't tell you some of them because they want to be incognito. So we won't say oh. some... Yes, I know, which is exciting, isn't it? But Pedro's on board and Lisa Urban's on board. So we got a couple more this week, which is good. Um, there was one more, like I said. Um, I've forgotten her name. Katie. Katie came on board too. So thank you very, very much. And uh, all Platinums. <laughs> yeah, but- well, Pe- Pedro's all the way from Portugal, and he's our uh, man on the on the streets of Lisbon, getting this band uh, reinvigorated marketplace. Uh, Lisa Urban, I think from memory, is all the way up in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. up in Cheese Country, mm-hmm. uh, near the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and Katie, do we know where Katie's uh, not really. from? No, I don't know where Katie's from. So please right. get in touch. We look Katie. forward to getting to know Katie a little bit more and yes. po- giving her a plug and um, getting her involved in their Zoom chats, which is uh, I think next week. B, we're very excited to put our next Zoom chat together. Well, I think we call it calling all nations, don't we? Mm, we 
do. What I'm going to try... That's a good idea for a song, isn't it? Calling All Nations. Yes, brilliant, brilliant song. Um, what I'm going to try and do, I haven't told you this actually, is I think I've seen something called a room that you can have within the group. So I'm going to make a room for us all to have chit-chats with. So if you're a Patreon, um, you're going to get a patron, you're going to get into the room and so you can, we can all have a little chat with one another and uh, yeah, see where we're going. Fantastic. Have, yeah, cool. And now it's time for News of the Week. <laughs> Now it's time for the excess news with Hayden from around the world. Alright, well we always start off with uh, charts and uh, our work in campaigning for the Greatest Hits album to hit 300 weeks and just get everybody to go and buy it may have had a little bit of an effect. We can't say it's had a large effect, but it may have, it may not have, it had maybe some effect, but... uh, the album has surged from 30 to number 24B. It's amazing. So That's three weeks ago it was around the 40s and now it's gone into the 20s again. So uh, people power, everybody out there, uh, tap on the back. Yes, well done. Uh, what Thank if we you, could everyone. get it into the top 15? Oh, 15. You're Ma- 15. Imagine if we could get this surging up even higher or helping it surge up at least anyway. Or just keep it going up, up and up and up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because we've got new listeners now. So, yeah, please buy the album. The best yeah. of. You know the UK band Pink Floyd and their album Dark Side of the Moon, don't you? <sighs> that boring album, yeah. It's a great album. You know, it's not sexy and dancey and, you know, leather pants, okay? But it is, music, uh, musically speaking, a work of art. Now, okay. that album was released in 1973, and I think it was in the uh, American charts for like 14 or 15 years. So, um, what are we, six years with the greatest hits of In Excess? Maybe we've got eight or nine to go, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it up to uh, in, the, in the top 20 for that long okay let's do it yeah I yeah, like the challenge right. well they, they have a top uh, two, well they have a top two, 200 billboard album so you know we're talking top 50 here and that was a, a top 200 thing but uh, again that's that thing that I've talked about previously being a sort of a generational sort of album hand-me-down album that goes from you know uh, grandfather to son to, to, to son uh, etc along the way I'm so to um, but moving along I thought I would highlight uh, just a couple of the in excess uh, tribute bands in Australia um, I mentioned the other week there is one in Perth called what you need and uh, look at the time of this recording and in the time of listening it may uh, surpass but I know August 29th uh, which probably is maybe sort of Friday Saturday whatever yeah. this week they are playing a, a show at the Vale Bar and we might have been put a little bit of a, a plug up there on our site uh, so people who are into the band and who lives might get a chance to go see them mm-hmm. perth uh, or wa western australia is one of the uh, sort of most isolated isolated states and cities in the world uh, so they're pretty much covid free at the moment mm-hmm. um so they'll be playing here in victoria which isn't covid free <laughs> in excessive have announced in november covid depending mm-hmm. uh, a gig at a place called the knox club um now i've seen in excessive and i grew up near the knox club so i do know that venue um 
and I guess it's a, a fingers crossed scenario B that we are sort of COVID free by that time or we are conservable by that time. Yeah, that would be really good, wouldn't it? November. I mean, November is quite a precious start time for us in excess fans as well, isn't it? We do need to go out and party. Yeah, well, the, the, the Don't Change guys, I know they've probably had to reschedule a lot of shows across mm. the country because uh, of the virus. And I guess that sort of uh, occurred around the world. But um, look, it does give people something to look forward to. Um, hopefully it uh, allows people to get out and be able to enjoy uh, the music of NXS through these uh, tribute acts. And, you know, in addition to the ones in America, and I think we talked about at Daryl's house in, uh, you know, all that venue in uh, upstate New York. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that the, the NXS music's being played and, and shared and enjoyed. So now this little virus just disappears. Go away, Mr. COVID. Yes, we want to play our music. Live. Uh, moving along, uh, we had a lot of feedback about Richard's book last week. Uh Michael Hutchins in Pictures, I think it's called. This has become quite a well-revered, um, sought-after uh, book around the world. So much so that, you know, when demand's high and supply's low, we do get a bit of an inflation of prices. Um, now, I don't have the book particularly uh, in my repertoire, but I know, B, you've got a copy sitting on your shelf behind you there. Yes. Um, and it was great hearing... Uh, Richard talk about the copy handed over to Bono uh, in person uh, and then getting Bono to sign Richard's copy etc I think for for getting this book out to people probably requires some sort of republishing or some sort of um, you know push to get a reprint being done I know it's probably something Richard can't entertain at the moment and uh, I guess passionate uh, as B&I behind the scenes we'd love to do something to help him so we would probably say don't go spend seven eight nine hundred dollars no. on ebay for one two reasons one i think that's just you know nothing goes back to richard for that and i think it's just people actually um i know abusing what the spirit of the book was in the first place yeah. uh, number two it may be something we could work on in helping support should get a, another reprint run being done we don't have any visibility of how that will happen at the moment but uh, it would be great to think that through our platform and through you know our reach and developing it, etc we could get something done to support Richard with it because I reckon there's probably been 20 or 30 inquiries already yeah. about getting the book so you know we might call it a bit of a work in progress or watch this space at the moment but um, yeah that's just some updates for people who, who did inquire uh, I don't believe add anything to that. No, I think you said everything, really. Um, it's just it's just okay. such a beautiful book, and but I do feel that there's a lot out there that um, you know could be shared with other people. If you're not, if you don't want the book, then please then let us know, and then there are people out there that want it. So yeah one another yeah mm. we, we're going to also plug another little sort of in excess podcast now it's probably not your traditional podcast but uh, one of our loyal listeners and contributors uh, Jim and I think is uh, Lisa Urban etc and, and uh, another name that escapes me B have put a bit of a, a little three to five minute in excess into the Hall of Fame podcast do you want to maybe articulate what all that is about B? I don't think it's a podcast hun. it's a um, it's a, a, a YouTube video and they've got YouTube. Yeah. It said I'm pretty sure it said podcast on the yeah. on the promo, but maybe that's my eyes looking at it yeah, wrongly. I, I, I up episode two the other day, so it's like Yes, they're episode yeah. two. Mate, so I'll shut up. You explain it for the <laughs> listeners. So Lisa Urban yeah. and Dr. Jim have got together with a couple of other girls and um, 
they are juggernauting and getting a hun want to get a hundred thousand signatures to induct in excess into the Rock Hall of Fame. And now Jim is being very clever and he has been getting some videos together. I've just put episode two up, but I will find episode one and I'll put that up also. But please, if you can share it, please share it and get back onto the YouTube and tick it, comment on it. Um, we've just got to really fire this up now. Um, we, we just want to get these boys into the Rock Hall of Fame where they belong. Even if they're just nominated would be great, wouldn't it? So um, yeah, so the more we get on board with this, the better. So you just need to spread the love. And thank you, Jim. And we will be getting um, a little plug later from him. He's done a little um, audio for me too. So that's good. Well, apparently he likes to be called Dr. Jim, I think, uh, B. You just referred to him as Jim. Well, he's my friend, Jim, but he's doctor to you. But, uh, like a good doctor. They always love the DR before their, 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 their name. So it's Dr. Jim, like it's in Dr. Hook. Dr. Hook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but, but on a serious note, I think any, uh, you know, if you think about it, like a good election, you know, you need a bit of a cross-pollination of ideas and, and, and areas to gain votes and things like that. And I think something like our podcast, we might be one little sort of spoke in the wheel that just sort of helps propel uh, this push forward. And then what Jim's doing and what the band and Chris Murphy and, and maybe critics and media and, and commentators out there all do, it's often a, a bit of a, sw a swathe of, uh, of momentum that gets these things moving forward so thank you to uh lisa and dr jim for uh propelling uh this cause forward um the last thing i'd like to just mention in use and, and i think it's something to be appropriate is that you know whether you're a music fan you know of all the artists or not um we'd like to sort of always uh, you know recognize some good news or bad news in some cases if it's a bit sad or, or exciting and I know the, uh, in the last couple of days, unfortunately, uh, Steve Earle, he, he had a son called Justin Town Earle, who was quite a successful uh, singer. But uh, Steve Earle, some of you may know from his famous song, Copperhead Road. Uh, unfortunately, his son passed away, who was a musician in his own right at only 38. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know for music fans out there, and, and whether you always are into everybody or not, it's always sad when you hear yeah. a passing. And, uh, you know, valet to uh, Justin Town Earl. Uh, that was a bit sad to hear on the news yesterday. And again, for any fans of Steve Earl or his son, uh, yeah, it's always a bit of a sad time. So valet. Hey. This is Tim Farris, and you're listening to Access All Areas with Hayden and B. <laughs> and now for Topic of the Week. today. Hey Richard, how are you? It's good to have I'm, you here. It's a pleasure, B. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really, really happy. I listen to you guys. I love the one recently you guys did about YouTube versus 
in excess. They're my two favourite bands. Um, just uh, honoured that uh, you guys would want to talk to me. No, I didn't realise you were listening. I did send it to you at the very beginning, so I'm really stoked that you are listening to us. You've been you've been a bit of a friend to me anyway from the beginning anyway through all of this. I've met you a I few times, haven't I? have a bit of a friend, B. I thought we were besties. <laughs> have I been demoted oh, now on the show? <laughs> Well, you did let me touch this shirt. <laughs> I was very excited I, about I, touching the I, shirt. <laughs> I did let you touch Michael's shirt, so that's how I thought we were besties. But um, <laughs> yes, no, no, I'm I'm just happy to be here, and thanks so much for giving me the time to talk about uh, these six, six uh, amazing guys. We just came in there with one of your songs that you like, but what album is your favourite album? Would you say that's like saying what child is your favourite child, isn't it? It's so. <laughs> Every I, know, album, I get that every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to I, I you know what it's a weird thing. It, it just it, it kind of depends what mood you're in. You know, like yeah. sometimes sometimes I'm in a mood and I kind of just want to chill out and I'm feeling a bit artistic and I'll put on Shabu Shabar. Uh, other times I'm feeling you know possibly a little down and um, not motivated. I might put on Kick, um, but. Yeah, you know, I love New Sensation. So thanks for so much for playing that. It was, it's, I, it's just the beginning of New Sensation is is such an epic. You know, it's such an epic, powerful start to a song. My little boy Oliver, who's seven, uh, who also loves In Excess and You Too. I don't know who influenced him here. Um, <laughs> when I drive him to school in the morning. In fact, when I used to drive him to kindergarten, when you know, when he was three and four. He used to get me to play New Sensation before he went into class just to give him a bit of, you know, excitement. Aww. So, um, yeah, look, I love New Sensation. I also love Lately. I just think that the words, the lyrics um, to Lately, I don't know. I mean, I, of course I have a special thing for the X album because I was there for that. Um, yeah. I was really lucky that I was invited in a couple of times to parties, listening sessions, and um, I think I think one night Michael sang – I think he sang Bitter Tears on a, on the couch and I was sitting on the couch. He put his arm around me and he had the microphone up and he was singing the song and there I am on the lounge going, oh, my God, like first time I've heard this song and then Michael's singing it with his arm around me in the studio. Like they're, they're really surreal moments now. Um, yeah. Looking back on it, it's, it's almost like it wasn't me. It's like I'm just telling a story of some kid that I knew um, because, you know, it's 30 years ago now. But yeah. um, it's yeah. kind of weird that happened to me, you know. It's just a, it's just a whole yeah. weird thing. Because but there's so I'm, many moments, isn't there? There's so many yes. moments that you can remember. So, so going like, like a question I'd like to ask then. So you're you, there. You are. You've been invited into the recording studio. Is there any of those moments where you can see that the the the, the band or the boys they go they go oh yeah this we'll change that bit and we'll move it to that and it's a it's an iconic moment within a song. Do you is there anything like that you recall? No, I, I can't say that I was there for those moments <clears throat> when they were doing that. I, what I can say is I remember one night John came out and he's like, um, me and my friend Katrina outside in the foyer there on those cold marble floors. And I thought I'd get piles <laughs> sitting on the floors for five months in that year. I'm sure I have actually. Should get that checked out actually. And um, <laughs> People say I'm a pain in the ass, but I should go get <laughs> certified by a GP. But um, John came out and he's like, where do you guys live? And my friend Katrina lived at Bondi Beach. 
And so we said, oh, we live at Bondi. And he's like, do you guys want to lift home tonight? And of course we did. He had a Porsche, you know. So <laughs> we're getting John's Porsche. I'm in the front, of course, and Katrina's in the back because she was a bit shyer than I was. And he's like, hey, can I play a song for you guys that we just did like in the last hour or two? And we're like, sure. So he gets his little cassette. It was literally, they literally just done it an hour before. And he plays us Disappear. Now, as we know, John, John wrote, you know, uh, the music yes. Disappear. And uh, so there, there, Katrina and I are in the car, you know, an hour earlier they were just demoing this song. An hour later you've got two fans listening to Disappear in John Farris's car driving from Surrey Hills to Bondi Beach. And, you know, he plays it. And, there's, you know, you can hear them talking at the end at the beginning because they're, you know, they're just trying to work it all out. And he's like, so what do you guys think? And we're just like looking at each other going, well, what do you want us to say? This is like, our mind just blew out, you know. Um, so there was those special moments, you know. So we got to listen to demos and early takes before, you know, the rest of the people uh, – did as well. I so. just, I can see that. I can just see you all in that Porsche going along bond to Bondi. Was it a beautiful, beautiful sunny day as well? It was night time. We'd always, oh, uh, it was night time. Yeah, so they'd, they'd always get there like 10 in the morning and leave at like eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, and we'd be there, you know, the whole time. You know, we'd literally go, me and my friends would, we'd, like, it'd be funny. It was me, Katrina, and Alicia, the two girls, and I'm still friends with them. And you know, it would be like, we've got to go get lunch. And, and where we were in Surrey Hills, where the studios were, we were surrounded. We're like a minute walk from Oxford street, Oxford street in Sydney is a very popular area. Um, it's, 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 a, it's the, it's, it's an epic sort of very fancy area and, you know, restaurants, cafes, shops, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, dense. And, um, We'd, we'd, we'd run up to the shops and like, we'd run back 10 minutes and we're like, do we miss anything? And uh, Katrina would say, Oh, Gary went out and he's going to get lunch. And we'd be like, Oh no, we missed Gary. And like, it's okay. He'll be back in 20 minutes. He's going to get a sandwich. You know, like we, we were, we were, we, we didn't want to miss a minute of it. And we were just so no. lucky that we knew, we knew it was special. Now with the yeah, disappear, yeah. with the disappear anecdote you said, so what you're telling me, if your hemorrhoids from the cold floor <laughs> yeah. frustrated you, you could have potentially yeah. been angry and said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't like that song, Gary, uh, uh, John, scrap it. And we wouldn't have disappear. <laughs> That's how close we were to losing disappear. <laughs> well, my God, I've, I've, I've never thought about that before. And it's how close I was to losing my hemorrhoids. But um, <laughs> I, I loved it. In fact, when the album came out, that was my favourite song. I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved Disappear. Beautiful yeah. song. of what you mentioned Very. about about you know the I guess the word I've come up with is patience with all of your celebrity hunting so to speak uh, and I use the word hunting respectfully um, but you know in terms of just the time frames like eight nine ten hours sometimes to have that person come out at the right time how did you feel like the patience factor was something you were able to handle obviously it taught me a great lesson in life that if you really want something that you have to have patience and you have to persevere. And that's what I tell my son almost every day, mate. I said, I said to him all the time, you have to persevere. You can't give up. And I think sitting on those 
cold marble floors for eight to 10 to 12 hours, even sometimes because we wouldn't go home unless all six of them left. And that was our dedication to them. If Michael left at six o'clock and the other five guys were in there, we'd wait. And if Gary was still in there at 11.30 at night, we'd wait for Gary to leave so we could say goodnight to him. That's how dedicated we were. It wasn't just one person. It was the six of them. So it's a whole group. And we, we, we just loved being there and we got up to some silly mischief, mischief things. And, you know, the cleaner would turn up on some days with his big machine to, to clean the marble floors. Of course you get to know people. So he would let us practice cleaning the marble floors with his big cleaning <laughs> machine. that was probably 50 years old. And, you know, and I bring my skateboard to the studio and, you know, Michael realized after a while that we needed to do something. So he'd come out with his push bike and give us his push bike to go around riding around Sydney. And sometimes he'd join us for a ride and, um, you know, and then he'd park his Harley Davidson in the studio where we were and we'd have to mind it for him. And, and there was always something to do. We were never bored. Um, and, you know, it, we just had, we just had, it was just a lot of fun. You know, it, even though we sat there sometimes and didn't see the guys for three or four hours, we didn't care because when we did, it made it all worth it. Yeah. Um, I remember you telling me something about him um, in the gym as well. <laughs> yeah. So he comes out of the studio and in that building where the studios were, it was a, it was an office building. So there was a gym in there, like on level two. And, um, He's like, oh, I'm going to go up to the gym. You want to come up with me? Because, you know, he needed to keep us busy. And so, sure, I did. So I went up to the gym with him and we walk in and, and the gym was really busy. And I, it was kind of the first time I kind of realised how famous Michael was and kind of saw how difficult it was to be a, a star because there he was and he went over to the dumbbell section in the gym and he just and he was in his tights and his singlet and he was, you know, doing the dumbbells and he's like, Hey, can you get me the five kilogram one? And I'd give it to him. And then he, I'd pass him the seven one. I was just helping him out a little bit, you know, and I kind of looked up and the gym was packed of guys and girls and every single body in the gym was just staring at Michael. And I kind of looked at him and of course he knew he, he was famous yeah. for, you know, throughout the whole eighties. And it, I guess it's just part of being famous, but it's the first time I saw with my own eyes, what it was like to be famous for Michael where and to be fair to everybody, no one went up to him and asked him for an autograph or just wanted to shake his hand. Everyone left him alone, but everyone was staring at him working out in the gym, you know. Yeah. And Michael was such a great guy. You know, he didn't have bodyguards or people around him. He's just got he just it was just me and Michael in a public gym <laughs> working out. But it was yeah, it was the first time I really realized, wow, this guy is really famous and everyone's looking at us. So he would have had to deal with that his whole life. Oh, but he life, dealt with it yeah. well, I think. He dealt with it well. He was always yeah. gracious to everyone. And as as you guys were saying earlier, you know, nobody has a bad word to say about him. And no one actually says anything bad about the rest of the band either, do they? I mean, is there anything that you can remember about um, Gary that you can tell us about as well? Yeah, Gar- Gary's, Gary's is such a down-to-earth kind of Aussie guy. Um, Gary, I, I probably got along more with Gary than anybody else out of the guys, you know, in the sort of 1990X time. Um, he was just an Aussie, you know, he's a, other than being a great bass player, he was just a good, really good guy, you know. And when we hired the video camera that time for those couple of days, the, the funniest interview and the longest interview we did out of all the six members was with Gary. It went for about 40 minutes. And it was, <laughs> it was the, funniest, the funniest interview. Um, but, yeah, look, Gary's 
it's great. You know, I was in LA a couple of years ago and uh, Gary gave me his phone number and I rang him up and we had a good chat and uh, he invited me to a gig that him and his band were playing on Sunset Strip. So I went down to the gig and caught up with him backstage after it and stuff. So, you know, I've remained uh, friends with Gary, you know, for 30 years now. And, uh, you know, yeah. I'm just, I mean, how, how lucky am I that my You're so lucky, mate. Like You're so lucky. I just hope that I can be lucky and I can meet them all at some point as well. But um, Gary, to me, always seemed like a bit shyer. And, and, but he, look, he looks like he'd have, he'd be a really good, mate to be around he looks like real fun like he always like cracks jokes doesn't he? he's always the one that has the little joke in the background he, he is and i think you're spot on that i think i remember uh you know you meet fans over the years um and you know some fans would say to me oh gary's you know he's not the not, not the nicest one out of all of them and i said no he is the nice he is just as nice but he's just quiet you know he's not yeah. out there going hey you know i'm gary beers and having jokes straight away like I think Gary's a bit of a slow burner. It takes Gary a while for you know for him to kind of sort of suss you out. But once he does, and once he trusts you, and once he likes you, then then he's one of those guys that becomes your mate. You know. Yeah. Um, and I know the guy on Facebook, uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Feldman. I think his name is. Um, yeah. He's a good mate to Gary as well, and he'll say the same thing. He's probably listening to this as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. Gary is so down to earth, so talented, and, and he's just a lovely guy. I think I took, I speak to Chuck quite daily, actually. He's, he's always telling me little bits and pieces. Now, the other bit that I remember is that you actually, you, there was a kitchen there, was there? Some sort of yeah, like there little kitchen, kitchen, kitchen studio, thing. Yeah. There was so a kitchen did Kirk cook studio. you anything? That's what I'm going to ask. No, Kirk, Kirk never cooked me anything. No, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, I have been to Kirk's house back in the 90s um, when he, when, uh, he lived um God, I think he lived in Potts Point or something at one stage, but um, many years ago now he's up in the beaches. But um, um, no, I, I, there's a photo of Michael that I took in the studios that night and that's the night he took me and my friend Katrina in for a, a really personal tour of the studios and a very detailed tour. And um, we went into the kitchen and, and he, he said, this is the famous Rhino's kitchen. And he opened up his arms, both arms wide and, you know, and instantly, even though I was young, I'd seen that photo of Jim Morrison with his arms open. And it just came to, I just had this moment where I thought, oh, I need to get a photo with Michael with his arms open. So I said, oh, Michael, can you open your arms again and do that moment? I, I need to, you know, I need to take a photo, you know? So I snapped that photo and, um, you know, he made us coffee. Somebody asked me the other day that they sent me a message and say, what, what, what biscuits are in the biscuit tin in that photo? And what, <laughs> what tea did he make you? And it was Bushel's tea for those of you. Was it? Bushel's tea. <laughs> and, I, uh, um, and, um, but no, Let's so. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, some Aussie biscuit. But uh, no, nobody was in there cooking for us. But, uh, look, we were just happy to, to be there. It was such an epic time. It was such a thrill to be there for all of us. And, um, and you know, as I said to you, 30 years later, I'm still talking about it with such enthusiasm as well.
with regard to each band member outside Michael, um, just for some of the listeners, could you give a bit of insight into maybe, I mean, we spoke about Gary just then, but maybe John, Andrew, Kirk, um, uh, Tim, because we're doing deep dives into each of the band members um, and it's from probably an external viewpoint of what we think, but, you know, we, you know you're on the inside um, without breaking confidences and things. So, you know, if I said to you, you know, say, uh, John, you know, if we've heard a bit about Gary then, how would you surmise uh, John's personality and manner and, you know, what you see from him in terms of what he does? Because I think he's underrated worldwide as a drummer, you know? I think he's one of the greatest rock and roll drummers and, you know, you could say rhythm drummers as well. I think he's a very technical drummer. Um, I'm not a drummer myself, so I'm no expert on it, but, you know, obviously I've, I saw them many times. I saw NXS, you know, 20, 30 times in concert. Um, I never saw him once make a mistake in his drumming. Um, I think he's a beautiful drummer. I think he can do anything he wants behind that drum kit. Um, and as I said, really underrated, um, you know, really nice guy, really humble, uh, guy, you could say that with all five of those guys, you know, I think you can say all, all five of them, well, all six of them, but, you know, the five that are still with us now, they're still all very humble. you know, my life because I was so lucky that I have a lot of footage over the years that so far that I've been alive. Even when I used to go to America, I used to get all that film. So when I'd meet, you know, Al Pacino or, you know, Charlize Theron or something, it's not just a photo. I've got all that on footage. And I've also got this, I had a, I've got a friend, like one of my closest friends, Glenn, Glenn McKay. He's a TV producer now in Europe. He worked for SBS back in the nineties. And he also had a project called Glenn TV where we'd go down and meet celebrities at hotels like the Sybil townhouse, as I mentioned before. And Glenn would go on the street and do these interviews with his little video camera of these celebrities. And he's got like Kurt Cobain and Angus Young and all these really cool interviews that he did just literally on the street. But he'd also film me meeting celebrities. So I've got all this great footage of me with celebrities in the 90s. You know, I've got footage of me and Bono in the 90s and, you know, 98 and stuff. So I know there's a really good doco there to be made. I know with all my NXS footage, there's like two hours of it. I know it would fit really well. So if anyone out there that's listening to this wonderful podcast that wants to (laughs) do a documentary, hit me up because I know I've got a good doc on and I've got a good story to tell. And I've got all the footage and photos, so I just need to collaborate with someone. Well, there is a namesake of yours that uh, has the first name of yours who you do know that may be interested. (laughs) I don't think Richard Lowenstein thinks I'm that interesting. Um, (laughs) So I... Yeah, but those fans do, so that's what matters. I think the fans that are listening to this today, and I know you have a super fan called... Uh, Foxy LaFierce. She's yes. a friend of mine. I know she loves this podcast. And she's a great uh, fan of Richard Lowenstein's. I reckon everyone should get together and pitch the idea to Lowenstein and say, hey, Rich, uh, you should do a documentary on uh, Richard Simkin because I'd be happy, happy for Lowenstein to put a doco together because Mr. Such a beautiful tribute to Michael. Well, oh, wonderful. Uh, it'd be another layer, half, wouldn't it? Half the one that he did on Michael on me, I'd be stoked. And we're leaving broken hearts behind You mystify, mystify me You mystify me
People think that I've only had the Michael Hutchins book, but I've had five books released and I've two, two of the books are about Australian legends. And I spent 17 years meeting, photographing and interviewing a hundred Australian legends, everyone from Sir Donald Bradman um, to, you know, Frank Lowy to the last eight World War One diggers. So I've got all these amazing interviews of historically important people as well. And besides myself, nobody's ever seen these interviews before. So I think it will be a great documentary. You know, you've got Rich and Famous, you've got the NXS story. I've got all the uh, Australian legends interviews. And some of those people that gave me their interview had never spoken before on camera. Um, so to be fairness and without se seeming too egotistical, which it does sound like it because I know I'm talking about myself and a documentary. I think there's a really good doco because there's a really good story to be told. So uh, I'm hoping I can get it up and running. Well, one of the things that came about just from he hearing earlier, and you, you referenced uh, um, uh, Almost Famous, the movie, and you referenced your age when you went into Rhinoc Rhinoceros Studios with the X stuff, and I think you would have come in with a sense of innocence, a sense of no baggage. There was no hidden agendas. I think from the other books you just mentioned, you're probably interviewing people for the very purity of the interview itself with no commercial hidden agendas yeah. that meant people opened yeah. up to you. You know, would you agree with that? Oh, no, ab absolutely. Uh, as you said, I was really young when I met NXS, so it was all very innocent. Um, with the Legends Project, I was fa I'm fascinated with history. I'm a history buff. And for me to meet a hundred people that, were, that are a part of history, to sit down with somebody that fought in Gallipoli and tell me about World War One and what it was like in the trenches. Like I met a guy called oh. Jack Lockett in Victoria uh, back in 2000. And Jack Lockett was born in 1899. Uh, sorry, uh, 1889. And I met him in the year 2000. Wow. So like there he is, you know, he's like 111 when I met him. And he was telling me what it was like in the 1800s to grow up in Australia. And there I was wow. in the year 2000 thinking, oh, my God, like this guy's talking about the 1800s. Like it, the Australian Legends books, I did two versions of it. It was literally like opening up a book of history and walking straight into the pages, you know. Richard, and this sounds like a series, not a doco. It sounds like I, a, a series of, of um, events that can be put on the TV. I, 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 I agree. I don't think, I don't think the quality of footage should be, I don't think it's TV because it was just me with the video camera, but you know, I, it wasn't just famous people like, cause you know, Don Bradman and, you know, and you know, Joan Sutherland and Dawn Fraser, well, they were obvious for me to get, and I got them of course, but I like to get people that did something amazing in life. So there's a guy called Dr. David Warren who in 1953 invented the black box flight recorder. And he, he lived in Victoria down in Melbourne. Mm. And every time a plane crashes, unfortunately, when they crash, what's the first thing they look for? They look for the black box flight recorder. And this guy called yeah. Dr. David Warren in, in uh, sorry, 1958 invented this. And he wasn't famous, but he did something that helped, you know, extraordinary. Yeah. And, and I, I went to his house. He lived a very humble life. He was the head of the Morris Minor Club. And, uh, and I met him and I interviewed him and he had the original black box under his bed, uh, which he, you know, kept no. there <laughs> under his yeah. bed. So, so in my legends book, there's a photo of him holding it in his lounge room, the very first black box flight recorder. The second one he invented is in a museum now that's, you know, but he never told anyone the first one was under the bed because he wanted to keep that for himself. And uh, so I tracked down these really unique and interesting people. 
Well, I guess when I get, I guess when he passes, we know where to find the black box recording. So I hope they've tracked the black box down. <laughs> yes. And let's hope it's gone to a museum. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show, Richard. And I really would love to get you back on again. It was awesome. So thank you from me. Thank this you a- so much. It was a pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. Okay, and now it's time for Pleasure and Pain, and it's my turn this week. I'm very mega excited. I'm so excited that I've actually shared it a few times with a few people. (laughs) So, um, yeah, some classics here. Now, I didn't go for the charts as per se. I went for the charts that I was listening to, and the charts that I was listening to was the alternate charts back then. So this is me in my bedroom listening to all these songs, and I just went straight back being that little girl again so take it away
I just love that list so much. I'm going to keep playing it. That first song, have you heard that first song before? Talk Talk? I have. It, um, I heard a podcast recently on Talk Talk and they talked about that, that album, uh, Something Eden. Is that right? Um, oh, that it was quite a, a well-reviewed album yeah. from that era. Um, yeah. And obviously there are other Talk Talk songs. Yeah. More well-known ones are, are great too. Good choice. Yeah, it's one of those songs that, you t- well, I just, just never get... Um, just get bored of I just can play it every time and it just uh, yeah gives me a lot of joy that song um, I think the next one was The Mission with Wasteland um, <laughs> took me a while to get into these guys I think they've got something to do with The Cure I think one of the guys was with playing with the cure or something and then they're they're like a, a an offshoot of them um, but yeah I, I really okay. enjoyed that song but um, the the oh wow have you got that album? I don't, but I remember it at the time when it came out. I remember the book singer, someone Johnson, etc. There, uh, he was always on the front cover of a lot of magazines at the time. He was a really ugly dude, but he's a pretty passionate singer, and I know mm. he sort of reformed the band a few years ago as well. Mm-hmm. I saw them back in the nineties with um, Johnny Marr out of the Smiths playing with them. Um, what a show that was! That was just awesome. It was a really, really um, up close and personal show as well. And then, yeah, 
going into the Smiths. You don't really like the Smiths, do you? Oh, I, you struggle. I find, you know, I'm probably on that camp where Morrissey's just a bit annoying, um, mm. but I like the Johnny Ma stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's my sort of take on things. But, uh, you know, I respect them. Yeah. yeah. And back in the day, it was just that little bit different, I, I think. You know that that type of music. The fact that he was quite poetic, but was like you know talking about ordinary things. It was good. Um, and then the House Martins, and you know the special person at the House Martins, who he became, don't you? That's a little fat boy Slim, isn't little it? Little fat boy Slim, yeah. That's a quite a funny <laughs> little song. That reminds me of drinking yeah. a lot. <laughs> another another well-known song, and then it was a Caravan of Love, etc. Yeah, that was their second one, I think. I had that yeah, album, yeah. yeah. All those albums that disappear, yeah. like guitars. Um, then, oh, did I miss Public Image Im- Limited? Haven't mentioned them so far. Pill. Oh, uh, Pill. Love that song. Oh, Rise. That's a ripper. I'm shattered that I didn't pick that last week. You've trumped <laughs> me or gazumped me on that, but great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great album, too. Really, really good album. I used to play mm. that to death, too. Um, Notorious mm. by Duran Duran. That was when they actually split up a little bit. Do you remember there was the Power House with John? Power Station. Power Station, that's it. Because yeah. they recorded the Power Station yeah. studio, that's right. Yeah, John, John and Andy went off to do Power Station stuff mm. with Robert Palmer and uh, Bernard Edwards from Cheek. Uh, Chic. Chic. As you like to say. Um, and uh, Nick Rhodes, uh, Simon, and uh, one of the other Taylor brothers stayed sort of in the band, although they went off and did, I think, a project called Arcadia as well. That's right. Um, uh, which was around the mid '80s, but uh, yeah, notorious. I reckon. I reckon you might have snapped that from my list, uh, no, B, the other you, week. Is no, that true? No, <laughs> I got it first. It is a good sign, though. Baby voice, choose it, eh? Well, it's got Noel Rogers' sort of production mm. fingerprints all over it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. And oh well, I have to have um, wildlife in there. Talking heads. I'm a bit of a talking heads fan, though. But. Uh, I think that's my song, actually. She's got the wild, <laughs> wild life. Or well, used to. Um, and then going out with um, another Australian legendary band. Crowded House. Crowded House. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that was a, such a big hit for them. That broke them in America. That went to mm. number two, I think, in the uh, American charts and then uh, spearheaded them. They're sort of a sold over there on the back of uh, what In Excess were doing. So, yeah, it was a, a great result, you know, f- uh, for them in terms of just getting that out there and in the charts and things. Mm. Um, and Finn's such a great songwriter uh, oh, in everything he's done in his life. So a pretty good list, B. I'm very, very impressed overall. I, I wasn't too familiar with The Wasteland, but... Uh, I will check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, you might have been impressed with that one, but you are going to be so <laughs> unimpressed with the next one. I went really deep to get the most shittiest songs for well, you. <laughs> for the listeners out there, B did send me a preview of these because I hadn't heard of any of them. I'd heard of the artists, you know, Cliff Richard, who hasn't, and Billy Bragg and Jennifer Rush and things like that. But, uh, yeah, she sent me this snippet here. I will warn you, please have a bucket nearby. Um, take it away, B. Oh, 
Those songs will threaten the uh, the Grammys retrospective or uh, the greatest songs of all time. Uh, shame on you for revealing them, but credit for you in shaming them. So <laughs> there you go. I think I did really well then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Poor old Cliff. I don't think he's ever going to get a song in our pleasure, is he? Nope. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a wrap. Well, we get to the end of episode 17. We've done our part two uh, with Richard today, which uh, was a, a nice way to sort of, you know, finish off uh, what he, we went through in part one, actually, a bit of an extension of anecdotes and things. And as you said earlier, I'm sure we will get him on for uh, maybe a part three, <laughs> Richard, because he's got stories uh, that we haven't even touched on yet, let alone the ones we have sort of breezed through a little bit uh, the last two weeks, B. Oh, yeah, it was really good. It was really good to hear his stories. Yes, we, we definitely need to get that guy back on again. Um, moving forward, uh, we are going to be going on to a Zoom chat uh, next week. So, well, look, I'm very excited to sort of put faces to names regarding some of our contributors to the uh, uh, the Patreon program, which uh, is something we're very, very appreciative about. So uh, early in the week, you might get an email or a text or, an, or a nudge, or maybe they'll get a, an invite into that room you're talking about, B, and we'll uh, we'll figure out our, our ways to get everybody onto the call. Mm-hmm. Um, I can announce, as I said last week, that or reiterate that uh, the Listen Like Thieves uh, review will be the week after, so uh, probably episode 19, and we're really getting into the uh, the big years now with Listen Like Thieves, B. I think that was your formative album or introduction into In Excess of the Odeon in the uh, mm-hmm. brummy Birmingham town of 86, <laughs> is that right? Yes, you got it right. Yes, you did. Yeah, so... Uh, can't wait to get into that because it's probably really you know triumvirant of uh, listen like thieves kick and x where they had the world in their hands uh, so that'll be exciting um, and I guess you know just reiterating how the sort of the, the patreon program works be obviously we've had some really uh, good contributors and we're starting to work towards our goal do you want to just reiterate the platforms where people can you know uh, support us but also maybe the platforms where pe- people can communicate with us okay so you can find us on Facebook on the in access access all areas we're also on instagram in excess access all areas to find the podcast you can find us on spotify itunes and tune in and podbean now the podbean has got a button on there that says you can become a patron and we would love you to become a patron because then there's lots of rewards and prizes and gifts and lots of lovely extra things that we can do with you um but unfortunately if you come through spotify there isn't a a button so if you can come back to the facebook page i've actually attached a button in the side um, on the actual front of the page you can click onto that and that will take you straight to the program um, from there and i thank you again everybody who's already uh, contributed 
contributed. Um, I just want to say something about that, that um, we did have a goal of 500. We have near enough hit that so we're going to go a little bit higher and see if we can go go more it's not it's nothing it's not money for me and Hayden to go out partying on this money we're going to do stuff with it it's going to go back into this so don't you worry it's going to help us become bigger and better and just get this um this get the boys into the rock hall of fame or help and lots lots more to do lots more to do well one word i can hear the listeners out there asking about B is merch. Yeah, I know. Competitions, merch. Yes, okay. Yes. There's all the pressure on the world to come up with that. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, look. One of the things that came up from our our, our deep dive in with Richard was his involvement uh, at Rhinoceros Studios when X was being sort of recorded in late '89, early '90, and uh, a particular song that came up that was a bit of a, a favourite of his to this day. Uh, is going to be our tribute track for for Richard going out in our second uh, uh, episode with him. Uh, A little bit of a twist, as I said earlier, was that uh, this particular track, albeit it was on the X album, has had a bit of a... um Oh, it's a bit of a mystery around it because at Wembley, uh, it has always been sort of off the official uh, live at Wembley cut. Uh, so it was played at Wembley, but for whatever reason at the time, it was never available on video and then DVD. But through the powers of technology and uh, digital remastering and uh, literally unearthing some of the footage, they were able to salvage this song. Um, and I think there was an issue at the time with film and swapping things over and stuff like that. But uh, it has uh, been added as some of you do know, to the latest uh, incarnation of uh, Live at Wembley, which is the song Lately. Uh, and uh, I think that was something that, as I said, Richard loves. Uh, we'd like to play this for him. I think for myself personally, uh, the guitar break in the middle uh, is that little bit of a high point. Uh, but uh, for those who haven't heard this particular version at Wembley, and I'm going to be really honest with you, B, I've never heard the lately version at Wembley myself. So uh, I didn't go to the gig with you last year like you invited me to. So I haven't even heard this version yet. Uh, Many of you may have recently, but uh, to Richard, uh, thank you uh, so much for being on again. Uh, It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Bye, everyone. Take it away, Kirk.
how we've ever played. This is what I call a fucking rave or what? You're right out there. Yeah, yeah, 